0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to the book of Nahum. Nahum came along later, more recently than Jonah did, and he proclaimed the Lord's judgment. Against Nineveh, Nahum, chapter 1, this is God's word, an oracle concerning Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkishite. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and dries it up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel wither. And the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him. And the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence. The world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. The Lord is good a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will not come a second time. They will be entangled among thorns and drunk from their wine. They will be consumed like dry stubble. From you, O Nineveh, has one come forth who plots evil against the Lord and counsels wickedness. This is what the Lord says. Although they have allies and are numerous, they will be cut off and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, O Judah, I will afflict you no more. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear your shackles away. The Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the carved images and cast idols that are in the temple of your gods. I will prepare your grave for you are vile. Look, there on the mountains, the feet of one who brings good news, who proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, O Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They will be completely destroyed. May God add his blessing to this reading from his word. We said that when Jonah preached in Nineveh, the people repented, but it was a temporary repentance. They stopped what they were doing because they were afraid of the wrath of God. But then when God did not destroy them, they decided they didn't have to be afraid of God. They could go back to doing their evil ways. One of my favorite stories when I was a kid that my preacher used to tell from time to time, and now I inflict it on others is the fellow who's up on the roof suddenly slips and is sliding down the side realizing it's a huge fall to the ground and that if he goes off the edge he could be killed and he yells Lord save me just then his pants catch on a nail and he says never mind Lord my pants just caught on a nail (laughs) isn't it amazing How we can cry out to God for help, and then when He helps us, we think, oh, well, I guess I didn't need the Lord's help. We can be in trouble, and God can convict us that we need to change, and so we change, and then when we don't get struck down, we say, well, maybe it was no big deal. Instead of being grateful for the tender mercies of the Lord, instead of recognizing that God does not change, We think we don't have to change. And so we continue in things that are evil and destructive. The Ninevites were a wicked, idolatrous, violent, cruel people. Famous in history for their wickedness. God warned them. They repented. But it didn't last. And in subsequent generations, when they continued in their wickedness, they reached the end of the line. And now God raises up Nahum to pronounce his judgment against Nineveh. I didn't want to preach this book. I wanted to preach Titus. I love the book of Titus. But God spoke to my heart and said I needed to do this. Let me tell you something, we live in an age, we live in a culture where people who call themselves evangelicals are able to make a very good living by telling people that God doesn't punish his enemies. You know, I mean, when you do bad things, you reap the consequences. It's not that God's angry. It's not that God has, has a wrathful nature. It's not like that at all. God is love let me tell you something God is love but God is holy God is just and God is a God who has promised that he will not only rescue those who trust in him but that he will destroy those who don't not just chasten he chastens his own he destroys those who are not his read the book of Hebrews God's discipline is for those whom he loves. But I thought God loved everybody. Okay, I understand why you think that. Because there are verses that talk about God's love and his concern for all creation and not one sparrow, not one sparrow falling to the ground apart from God's will. But Jesus doesn't say that we're all children of God. Jesus actually says to his enemies... You are children of the devil. The devil is your father. And you and I have got to understand that not everybody is going to heaven, regardless of what some best-selling supposedly Christian authors are trying to say today. But Jesus said, you don't need to fear the one who can kill your body. You need to fear the one who, having destroyed your body, can cast your soul into hell. Who is he talking about? Is that the devil? No, the devil can't do that. God is the judge. God is the one who will destroy his enemies. Please notice. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. Did you hear that? The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. Filled with wrath. Not just every now and then you see a little glimpse of, no. The Lord is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and maintains his wrath against his enemies. Interesting phrase. Maintains his wrath against his enemies. That means God keeps his wrath up. I don't, oh, but this, why do we have to listen to this? Because I don't want you to end up experiencing the wrath of God. That's why. Well, I, I like the New Testament stuff better. Like in, in Romans, it says um, that we're not supposed to take, take vengeance on our, on our enemies ever. We're not ever supposed to do that. That's right. It does say that. We are not supposed to do that. And do you remember why it says in Romans we're not supposed to do that? Because what does God say about vengeance? God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, the reason we're not supposed to be vengeful is because that's God's job. God's the one who's the judge. God's the one who's going to take vengeance on his enemies. But if you think that because we're not supposed to usurp the authority of God, that God's not going to fulfill his promise and destroy his enemies, you're going to find yourself on the receiving end. We're supposed to believe God, and God says that he is filled with vengeance and wrath. Well, fortunately, that's not all it says. Verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger. That's good news, isn't it? You better believe it. If God were not slow to anger, we'd all be toast. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. But listen, he will not leave the guilty unpunished. Who can withstand his indignation? Verse 6. Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. The rocks are shattered before him. Let's go to the New Testament. Okay? All right, let's do. Hebrews. Our God is a consuming fire. Okay, let's go back to the Old Testament. <laughs> Nahum chapter 1. Verse 7 the Lord is good say that with me the Lord is good say that again the Lord is good look at the next phrase a refuge in times of trouble how wonderful the Lord is a refuge in times of trouble do you understand that this wrathful vengeful jealous God before whom the whole earth trembles is the safest place to be. You can find refuge in him, not from him, in him. You don't have to run away from God. Jonah tried that. It doesn't work. What are you going to do? Get a transfer to another planet? He's still there. He's the creator of all things. How about a parallel universe? That's psychosis. Okay? That's just thinking you're somewhere else. God is not only the vengeful, jealous, wrathful God. God is the safest place to be. You can find refuge in Him, and He's good. God is good all the time. The Bible tells us that we need to develop patience and endurance and long suffering but nobody wants to sign up for the course you know it's like ah, uh, no could i just how about if i just develop gratitude <laughs> give me the blessings and when the bible talks about our needing to be pruned in order to bear more fruit i don't want the pruning but god says we need it because he wants us to bear fruit for eternity Every branch is either going to get pruned so that it might bear more fruit or it's going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. There's going to be suffering and pain either way. But one ends in fruitfulness and the other ends in destruction. And the difference between the two is those who are abiding in the vine. Those who are abiding in Him produce fruit. Those who do not abide in Him are cut off and destroyed. The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. Do you hear that? He cares for those who trust in Him. He takes care of us. But with an overwhelming flood, He'll make an end. He'll pursue His foes into darkness. In other words, even when they try and run away, they won't be able to. God's going to catch them, and He's going to destroy them. Thank you for tuning in to Abiding in Christ. This radio broadcast is brought to you from the campus of Wares Valley Ranch. The ranch is a home and school for kids that God allowed my wife and I to start in 1991. And through the years, children from all over the country in various crisis situations have found a safe haven at the ranch. While here, they learn about a Heavenly Father who loved them so much that he sent Jesus to save them. If you would like to join in supporting this ministry, but you're thinking, what can I do? Well, consider joining a growing group of people who've made a commitment to support these kids by leaving a gift to Wears Valley Ranch in their will. In doing so, you'll become a member of what we're calling Legacy 145. You can learn more At wvr.org, just click on the icon that says Legacy 145. Because Psalm 145 says, One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. That's what Legacy 145 is all about. Again, wvr.org and look for the Legacy 145 icon. To step out of my comfort zone to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. Look at verse 11. Or verse 12, I'm sorry. This is what the Lord says, "Although they have allies and are numerous, they will be cut off and pass away." Did you know that God is not impressed with military force? I was reading about one of the conflicts in the book of Joshua. It says more people died from the hailstones that God threw on them than died from the enemy warriors. In other words, God sends his people out to fight and then it says God threw stones at them from on high. Can you picture that? You're out there, you're the enemy and we're going to stop these Israelites who are coming into Canaan. And all of a sudden, here comes this thing out of the sky. Bulk and you're toast. And the angels are going, wow, <laughs> you know, God is good. Yes, He's good. Even when He's destroying His enemies, God is good. I mean, God's enemies are being destroyed by the hailstones. How demoralizing is that? And this is talk about weird weather, climate change, The Israelites weren't getting hit. So they're out there ready to fight the enemy, and God keeps just knocking the enemy down before them. And they're not getting hit. How does that work? God knows what He's doing. This is no ordinary hailstorm. God's throwing rocks at His enemies. God is our refuge. We can run to Him, and we're safe. But God's going to absolutely destroy His enemies. And having a bunch of allies, and having a bunch of weapons, and having a bunch of plans, it's not going to work. That kind of idiocy is what is happening in Nineveh. And it's what happens whenever people rise up and say, No, you can't do what God says. We're going to stop you. Let me tell you something. Nobody can keep you from doing the will of God. Nobody. Yes, they can. If if you're going out to preach, they can kill you. Your death will speak more than your life if God chooses to let you go. Years ago, I asked a guy who used to smuggle Bibles into communist countries where they weren't allowed. Aren't you afraid you'll get caught? He said, no, I've been caught. And I said, well, aren't you afraid that they might beat you? And he said, no, they've beaten me. And I said, what if they throw you in jail? He said, then I figure there are people in jail I'm supposed to talk to about Jesus. He said, the worst they can do to me is kill me. And if I die, I go to heaven and my witness lives on. You understand, there's nothing that the enemy has got in all of his array of weapons that can touch the child of God and keep us from doing what God has planned for us. I am absolutely indestructible until it's time to go home. But you could get sick. Yes, I could, if that's God's plan for me to glorify him. But you could do something wrong. Yes, I've done that on occasion. And God has graciously demonstrated that it is His grace and His glory and not me. I am so thankful that I serve a God who is my refuge and who promises to destroy His enemies because God keeps His promises and that means I don't have to make sure people get what's coming to them. My job is to let God handle the vengeance and I'll do the ambassador's work pleading with people to repent while they have the opportunity. Now, I still think that you're you're stuck back there in the Old Testament. You're, You're overlooking all the wonderful news that Jesus came to give us. Well, okay, let's just jump ahead for a moment, not to the end of Nahum. Let's jump to the end of Revelation, shall we? Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11. This is the New Testament, for those of you not familiar. Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire the lake of fire is the second death and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire look at chapter twenty one beginning in verse six he said to me it is done i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end to him who is thirsty i will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life he who overcomes will inherit all this And I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Look at verse 22 of chapter 21. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written, in the Lamb's Book of Life, chapter 22, verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates of the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. That's the last chapter of the last book in the New Testament. Do you see that anybody who tries to tell you that the Old Testament God and the New Testament God are not the same doesn't know God? The miraculous thing about the Gospel is that this God whose wrath we have earned chose to send His Son to save all who believe. Please understand this. The gospel is good news because we deserve the wrath of a holy God. And for Jesus to die in our place is amazing. But Jesus promises that those who are in Christ are safe. And those who will not believe him The wrath of God remains on them. God's promises are all true. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org.